independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. You heard it here first. We're in a recession. What? Yeah. I'm telling you that now. We already had one quarter. We're in the midst of the other one, winding it down. I, I, what do they define a recession as? Two quarters with negative growth. We're in a recession. I'm telling you that now. Now, what does that recession look like? I don't know. To many, you know, you ask 20 economists, you're going to get 20 different answers. 50% of their answers are going to be the same, but then the other 50% are going to be all over the place. And that just is an economist, that's financial experts, that's entrepreneur. This is Mark Tepper talking about what he thinks the recession is going to be. And look, consensus seems to believe right now that there's less than a 50 percent chance of a recession, that it would be next year, that it would be short and shallow. I disagree with all those things. I think the recession is going to be longer and deeper than most people believe. Yeah. And I think we're closing in uh, on that right now. So first quarter, we didn't. Mm. Second quarter, we'll get the numbers in soon. Are we in the middle of it? A lot of times people don't realize you find out that we're in a recession after we've already been through the recession. Or we find out that we're in the recession. We're like, whoa, whoa, wait, what do you mean we're in a recession? Yeah, yeah, the plane's already taken off. Oh, my God. But I want to no, know. You're, you're in it. You're in it now. The question is, what does it look like? The question is, is it the soft landing? Is it a bumpy landing? Is it a hard landing? Is it a crash? Do we have to do a bunch of fixing to the airplane to get it going again? Do we just need to refuel? Do we need to refuel and then they have to go through all of the stuff again, check everything, go through it, and then takes off maybe you know, a little maintenance? Or is it a full rebuild? Maybe we're waiting for a new plane. That's a fair question. You know, our economy is at a point where, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to take our medicine. If you just listen to what Jay Powell has said over the course of the last few months, he was all about soft landing. Then soft landing became softish landing, whatever that means. And then that became things are going to be painful, which insinuates kind of a hard landing. Right. With the economy slowing, the Fed has a dual mandate, price stability and full employment, not propping up the stock market. And despite what a lot of people believe, not avoiding recessions either. Yeah. This guy gets it. He knows. He understands. Now, what are we going to see? We're going to see inflation, and then eventually we're going to see this. And uh, a lot of people out there who have been living a, a semi-charmedish life, meaning you're at home half the time. You know, the employee's been the one who's been kind of running everything for the last couple of years because once everybody went home, government started giving money. Next thing you know, people are like, I'm not coming back to work anymore. You can't stop me. And there's 15 million jobs and only two people to fill them. So I got my choice of stuff. That may soon change. As a business owner myself, when things get tight, the very first thing I'm going to do is take down the job posting. So that 11.5 number will start to come down, but the unemployment rate won't go up yet. Eventually, the unemployment rate will go up because the Fed has to combat inflation. They're going to have to deal with it incredibly harshly. Yeah. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. It's not it. 
I was telling everybody, here's the positive side of this. You know, the 2005, I don't think it's going to be bad as 2005. I don't think it's going to be the crash. The, ugh, I don't, we're, we're not going back to that. You know, those dull, horrible, overnight, everything disappeared. We're not, we're not going back to that. But I do think we're in for some stagflation. And I think we're in for uh, kind of a resetting. We printed a ton of money. We went through some serious issues with COVID, with supply change that we're still going through. Magically, this could turn around fast, right? Like, let's just say tomorrow, Ukraine and Russia cut a deal. They're finished. Russia apologizes. They walk away. Everybody says, you know what? Yeah, we'll take some of their oil again. Uh, and, and lo and behold, uh, things open up again. And COVID magically disappears in China. And uh, the supply chains open up again. And, I mean, you know, boom. That's not impossible, but it's about as close as you're going to get at this moment in time. That's it. Tightening the belts is happening, and you don't know you're in a recession until you're in a recession. They're all forecasting. Well, it's 2000. I'm looking at 2023, 2024. We didn't have any growth last month, first quarter. Do you think we're having growth right now? Just curious. I mean, over 50% of the U.S. population has less than $50,000 in retirement savings. Do you think they care if their 401k drops another 10%? They don't. What they care about is they want to make sure that their, their paycheck lasts all the way through the month, that they have enough money in their paycheck to put gas in their car, put food on the table. So inflation needs to be dealt with harshly. And I think that means we got to take our medicine. Remember, recession is two quarters back-to-back of contraction we contracted in the first quarter do you think we've grown i don't think so that would put us in recession that wouldn't put us in recession 2023 it wouldn't put us in one in 2024 it would mean that it is here now consumer confidence this is what it is what are you doing to get ready for certain things Remember the 2004, 2000, you know, I mean, 2005, you know, you had the, the crash. We're not going back to that. Where I, I don't see us going back to that. But what I do see is it's going to be a tightening of the belts. It's going to be eliminating certain things. Right now, if you're running a Hulu or Netflix, you're looking around going, all right, we're going to lose some more people there. If you're Starbucks, you know, that person came in every day. Well, that person may come in once a week. Majority of people are still going to have jobs. But it's what kind of jobs? That's the other big side of things. What kind of jobs? You're at home, you're making 100 grand a year, right? You're working, you know, part ish time, if you will, in the office. And the rest of the time you're at home and you're hanging out and you're doing your thing. And all of a sudden, you know, you, 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 you're making 100, $150,000 a year, right? Maybe between you and your wife, you're, you're, you're closing in on, you know, a decent amount. One of you loses your gig. You get another gig, but it ain't paying you 100. It's paying you 40. It's a real world wake up call. I've been there. Man, I've been there. And it sucks. It does. And I think we're going to see uh, a lot of that. Doesn't mean opportunities are going to disappear completely. Doesn't mean we're going to have 25% unemployment. No, but I just. My gut says this is where we're at at this moment. 
And as we wrap up this month and finish the second quarter, I just don't know if we grew, how? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. Economic forum going on. Uh, the president doing his president thing. Our nations are working together to stabilize global energy markets, including coordinating the largest release from the global oil reserves in history. Well, we better figure something out, right? We better figure something out because there's one of the issues right there, right? Right there. Right there is oil, oil, oil. And and the the fake I'm outraged at you oil companies and coming after. I mean, even like the likes of the New York Times has called him out and says, yeah, he's full of crap. He's pointing fingers at some that they don't control and they're just taking advantage of. And that he is, you know, how many times have we heard him when he was on the campaign trail? He's going to just, this is it. It's over. It's over. We're, 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 we're destroying fossil fuels. We're getting rid of it. There's, 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 there's we're done. You, you can't expect to, to go after an industry and destroy it, as you would like to say, and then when things turn south, go to them and say, fix it. I think it was an article, was it, uh, I think it was on CNN. I mean, I read so many articles out today, and it says, you know, essentially, this, he wants the Saudis to be pariahs, now he's got to go to them for help. That's uh, that's not good. Yes, Russia has played a part. And there is going to be issues when it comes to things like food. There's no doubt about that. And yes, he talked energy. Russia's brutal and unprovoked assault on its neighbor Ukraine has fueled a global energy crisis and has sharpened the need to achieve long-term reliable energy security and stability. So he's got some uh, some issues. Can he fix him? No, no. I think at this point, there's not a lot he can do uh, when it comes to what's coming. And uh, now it's how do you deal with it? How can we make the landing as soft as possible? How can we get the maintenance crew to help with the airplane, fuel it up, and get on its way? But if the first two years or year and a half of his presidency is any indication, we're going to be sitting on the tarmac for quite a while. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us text the program it stinks you know it doesn't stink your house why because you got the Eden Pure Oxyleaf 2 thunderstorm over a quarter million have been sold the best air purifier around you don't need to worry about buying air filters you don't need to worry about you know being loud and you plug it into the wall it's small and it kills odors fast it doesn't mask the odors it kills it and why do they call it the thunderstorm little hint of a thunderstorm. It is amazing. And right now, you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code CHAT3. You're going to save big. $200. Yeah. The best air purifiers around. I've got them in my house. I've got them in my office. And they work fast. You will smell the difference. EdenPureDeals.com. Go there now. Use code CHAT3 to save. Free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAT3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Chad Benson Show. No snowflake zone. Uninformed opinions are in danger of melting. The Chad Benson Show. 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 Show.
New York, Miami, and Los Angeles are among the cities picked to host the games four years from now. Here in Dallas, fans are exuberant. It's just like we don't get sporting events like this. I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm pumped up, I can't wait. FC Dallas president and host city bid chairman Dan Hunt says the grand prize hasn't been decided. That's the ultimate goal here, is to play the finals of the 2026 World Cup at AT AT&T Stadium. An announcement on that venue won't be made until early 2023. (sighs) I'm excited. I did go to the last World Cup uh, when it was here in 94, because, uh, you know, so does did. Uh, I almost went to Brazil, but my buddy's like, eh, you know what? It was just too much crap. Because he's uh, a couple buddies were there, and I'm like, I go, how is it? He goes, eh, it's fun, but it's crazy, and we have, like, a bodyguard. I'm like, I don't, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> but uh, that being said, I'm excited. So we'll host the next World Cup. Now, the the World Cup for this year is going on in Qatar, uh, or Qatar, or Qatar, depending on how you want to call it. But uh, that's going to take place uh, in, starts November. I think our first game, actually, is is Black Friday. Or I think we play England Black Friday. I think our first game may be right before Thanksgiving. It's kind of, it's bizarre, because normally they play it at a regular uh time we'd be right now playing the first games of the world cup but because of the heat in qatar we're not doing that so when it comes here it's going to be a joint bid that we won so it's called it's basically 2026 united so uh there are three stadiums in mexico there are two stadiums in canada and then there are 12 venues here that will host said World Cup. Uh, I think, and this is just me, I was trying to think, if I was to to say who I thought was going to host the final, I'd say it's SoFi Stadium. So that's that's what I would say. If I, if I was going to award one right now, uh, semifinals would be played in like New York, uh, or you know maybe one in Mexico, one in Canada. The quarterfinals will be played all over, but the final—it's hard looking at how you don't give it to Los Angeles. Lo- the biggest issue with Los Angeles is travel, but man, that stadium is so ridiculous. <laughs> Just—it's—and I can't even imagine what parking is going to be. I saw my mom a couple weeks ago. Jack had a hockey tournament. She's still bitching about singing my little brother for his Christmas present to the Chargers game because parking was the same amount as the tickets. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Because in 94, I paid $100 to park. $100 in 94. Adjusted for inflation, that's a billion dollars to park. They're not hosting any games at the Rose Bowl this year. Or uh, in 2026, because the Rose Bowl, quite frankly, is a dump. It just had a very large capacity. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Uh, Are we going to see Ukraine become part of Europe? Ukraine deserves European perspective. Yes, Ukraine should be welcomed as a candidate country. The entire process is 
merits-based. So it goes by the book, and therefore progress depends entirely on Ukraine. It is Ukraine that has it in their hands, and what could be better to shape your own future? Yeah, and uh, they have won what they call initial EU membership recommendation. What does it mean exactly? Our buddy Mike Lyons, who's our military analyst, former major, retired from the Army, is going to join us to talk about that because uh, with all of these things going on uh, in our world, you know, we're waiting for SCOTUS to drop the the abortion. We've had mass shootings. Uh, Obviously, the January 6th hearings are going on. We look and feel like we're headed towards or maybe in the middle of the start of a recession with all of these things going on, we have taken away our, our our focus and understandably to things that are happening in our world. And the fact is, is when last we spoke and paid attention to it, Ukraine was doing well. That has changed. We shall discuss that. Plenty of other stuff to get to today. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. At your Twitter, your Instagram, and all the other stuff that's available to you. I don't have a TikTok because, well, what? Do I want to have another app that I don't do anything with? See what I'm saying there? Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Well, we are paying attention to a lot of things uh, right now. Let's be real. Ukraine isn't really one of them. It has nothing to do with whether or not we care or don't care. Uh, and even in the point where we don't even have, like, somebody's, oh, we've got the attention span of an ad. Yes, we absolutely do. But the reality is stuff is going on over there. And the war continues. Joining us now is Mike Lyons. He's our military analyst. He's been joining the program since before this thing started. Retired major from the Army. And Mike, I'm, it is, uh, people have no idea. They, it's now a, it's a war that is ugly, and it's a war that the Ukrainians right now are paying a heavy price for. They had the upper hand. They had the surprise. They had the world backing. Uh, and right now, they're just, well, it, it feels like the tides have turned. Yeah, I, I still think if you look at this now very rationally, here it is, you know, over 100 days in, into the war. So at, at the very worst, right, Russia comes out of this. They're going to likely occupy large parts of what's a resource and agricultural rich eastern Ukraine, uh, have more territory than just Crimea. They're going to have Mariupol. Uh, Severodonetsk is now virtually gone. That's a big chemical town that, that existed there. And, and owns 90% of the Azov coast and, and uh, inside the Black Sea, the same as well. And all within 100 days. Now, it's been a tremendous cost. They've, they've lost men and material and equipment and, and the like. But um, from their perspective, they've accomplished a lot. Now, they didn't accomplish the whole thing. They didn't get the whole country like they thought it was going to. 
But if it stopped tomorrow, which I think Western leaders still want to deep down have Ukraine agree to some kind of a ceasefire there, although they met yesterday. If you saw those pictures, they were interesting. So so really, um, from Russia's perspective, and it's hard for us to fathom that, but they think that they've still won this. They think that they're winning. They've put themselves in a position where they could try it again maybe in five to ten years as they try to rearm and re- regroup themselves in order to, to to fight again. So it's a hard pill to swallow, and um, we're kind of managing the decline there in that region. But but Russia is clearly has the upper hand in the Donbass, and, and they're going to end up keeping it once this is over. Uh, speaking of interesting, you said it was interesting yesterday. You had Macron and several other muckety-mucks uh, European leaders that were there. They were in Kiev and a couple other places. Of course, today the EU says – uh, kind of uh, a semi-welcome to the club. What does that do? Does that play any part in this? Because I'm sure, uh, you know, Putin's not thrilled by them getting closer to the West. Well, I, you know, you, you look at the, the body language and, and what was how those meetings went. You, you have all these, you know, Western leaders showing up in their business suits and the like. And here's uh, Zelensky and his, you know, combat fatigues. And he, he was trying to show them what was really going on. I still think Macron and a lot of those Western leaders are in denial. They want everything to go back to February 23rd. They want to start buying Russian oil and gas again. You know, this is all, you know, kind of one big appeasement drill that's taking place. They said all the right things that are there. Um, I, I don't think Putin looks at it as, you know, he's not happy or whatever. He doesn't he doesn't act transactionally and he doesn't look at it. He's got his own agenda. It's what he's trying to do. And right now, the price of Russian gas and oil is actually through the roof, and and it's funding whatever war machine he wants to keep throwing at it. They, let, let's let's again be clear: they outnumber, outgun Ukraine uh, right now six, seven, eight to one in, in that region where they're fighting. Um, and and what what Zelensky's asked for, if you kind of do the math on the level of equipment he's asked for, I mean he's asked for an army. Uh, you know the amount of artillery tubes and and all of the things that would go. It, it would be a U.S. Army, you know, multiple divisions, multiple corps, multiple types of of equipment that uh, is really just a logistical challenge to try to get to him at this point. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, retired uh, mission from the Army, as we talk about what's going on over in uh, the eastern part of Europe as they uh, continue to to fight uh, and 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 the war rages on. Like you and I were talking earlier, you know, we we're joking about everybody's got a number. We're talking about the golf tour and stuff. Uh, the reality is, is I think the same is for everybody who's supporting the Ukrainians. Everybody's got a number in their head. This can't last for right. 10 years with us spending billions of dollars a year propping right. you guys up. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to have to figure out what your number is and what you're willing to give up, Zelensky, so we can put this thing to bed. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you know, part of that number calculation is uh, Turkey's number in order to admit Sweden and Finland to NATO when this is over as well. And um, that number is monetary in some cases. It's days, weeks, and months and others. But uh, I, I do believe there's going to be great pressure. But I still think that Russia, it, it will make the mistake by stopping or looking for some pause or try to make some claim for peace negotiations because then the West will fall for that and it'll put pressure on, on Zelensky. Now, um, the, the U.S. number that, that we've provided Ukraine is somewhat staggering. Again, when you think about all the money that we provided in the Middle East in the past 20 years, uh, all that money that went to the Middle East in the past 20 years with zero real results to Afghanistan, Iraq, zero, right? So as I'm saying, Russia on their side, you know, put material, put men, put blood on the on the line, and they've still accomplished, accomplished a lot. Anyway, 
I, I think that, um, you know, if, 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 if Putin blinks and decides he wants some kind of peace negotiation here and pauses for a little bit, I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on Zelensky. I, I still don't think he will. You look at Russia media, they're saying that they're ready for this big colossal war. Now, and if he goes there, if NATO gets involved, if one of the tripwire countries, you know, gets attacked, if we have a Gulf of Tonkin incident where somehow, you know, the Russians decide to invade and do something against Poland or, or a NATO country, then it's going to be over because NATO now outguns Russia 10 to 1 on the other side. So that, that's the only upside to this. That's one way to end this military is if NATO gets involved and then we take it from there. Talking to Mike Lyons, a uh, military analyst, we talk about what's going on over there. Russia is the food thing, I'm telling I don't think people realize. I mean, maybe not so much here. I mean, we'll feel it a little bit, uh, but because we have so many farms and because farmers can, well, they can farm in many cases in America. Welcome to the world where we pay farmers not to farm, which is odd, but understandable, uh, uh, you know, financially, I guess. Uh, the fact is, though, they're the breadbasket, not just of Europe, but a lot of other places, and they're weaponizing Oil and gas, obviously, especially with Italy yesterday, and again with food. And it is, I feel like this is going to have a huge blowback that people aren't going to understand for, because there's that kind of, there's a certain latency when it comes to, to issues like this. It's not immediate. Yeah, I, I do think that you're right with that, and it'll be a lag effect in, in overall, more or less to the rest of the world of Africa and the Middle East. Um, but again, Russia doesn't care. And it's, it's, uh, you know, the, this is a very regional conflict still as well. And until it actually spills off and, and actually affects those other countries. And, and w w as long as India and China and some of these other countries continue to support Russia by Russian fuel and everything, the, the world's now divided into uh, what, I, what I would thought was before two, two poles, but it's really three. It's the, it's going to be two groups of haves and it's the East and the West. And then a significant third world have nots, which is going to really suffer throughout uh, the rest of this campaign. So what's going on in Russia? I mean, you know, the it, it, again, the reports are they're doing great. You know, you hear the, their TV, but the sense on the ground uh, for the aver average person, because, yeah, you know what? Like, well, you're feeling good about this now. Is there a number for them? Where they say, all right, you know, we've lost 200,000 young men. We, we, we can't keep, you know, if he goes into his third and fourth, you know, conscription, is that where people there start to make noise because they're watching their kids and their husbands uh, and their sons, you know, go off and die? See, I, I don't think that's the case, Chad. I don't I think that uh, we and I do this, too. We project what our value set would be onto Russia. And I just they just proven over and over. We just can't can't do that. That second conscription group can show up in Ukraine in August or so after four or five months of training, and they'll just be thrown right into the grinder uh, at that point. Uh, we've, we've got Russian casualties, you know, in excess 30, 40,000 in some cases, a high number of officers that have been killed, general officers in particular. And that, that frankly, is the Western intelligence that we're giving them. And, and the fact that they can time that intelligence to a weapon system on the ground pretty quick. So that's kind of why that's happening for sure. But I, I just don't see it. And, and this is a battle of a country with 160 million people of their 18 to 25 year olds versus a country with 40 million people uh, with their 18 to 24 year olds. And, and the, the 160 million people have got four times the amount of one other country. So they've got four times the amount of men to throw at it and four times the amount of material and probably 10 times the amount of artillery weapons to throw at it. And that's, that's Russia's calculus. That's their number. That's what, that's what they get up every day and think. What's going on with China? 
Uh, I know they got some new high tech carrier. They've got some, you know, they're 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 making moves that are making people uncomfortable, which is not mm-hmm. new. Uh, is there, you know, are they looking now and saying, well, maybe Russia's got the right idea? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And as an article in the, in the Washington Post the other day about they're getting to this tipping point um, because, again, numbers, we got to talk about numbers again. The, the Chinese Navy 600 ships, our Navy barely 300. We're decommissioning some ships. You know, our, we project power with our aircraft carriers of which we have 11. They still only have one. Um, but they have these missile bases and they've got land to air and land to sea type missile weapon systems now that they feel will be a... Uh, a deterrent against any kind of U.S. projecting power in that spot. And um, I think, you know, they, they've always had strategic patience. They've always been a country that waits things out. But I, I think that they looked at what happened to Russia and they looked at Joe Biden and, 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 and Putin said, this is it. This is the time to go. And and perhaps um, China will do the same because us like when Joe Biden said we're going to defend Taiwan, I just can shake my head. Please explain to me how we're going to do that. It's an island right off the coast of China. If China wants to surround it invade it um it'll be again it'll be an urban fight but we're not landing troops there you know w- w- unless we put one marine there on on the, on the island and say if you kill him then we're going to go to war with you and, and that's something that we're not going to do either but china is at a tipping point of them o- almost taking over some of these places and some of the areas in the south china sea some of those shipping lanes that are going to really threaten it's going to take another nato in the pacific right with australia japan south korea and the U.S. in order to combat that. We could be we could be fighting a two-front war here in the next two years. It's kind of crazy to think, but that's possible. Oh, God, what a nightmare. It's always good to talk to you, Mike. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're honest, though, and that's the thing that we want. Thank God we got Canada next to us because we know they'll protect us from anything. Mike Lyons, yeah. uh, our, our military analyst. I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It's, uh, look, it's it's frustrating but the reality is this is where we are at this moment in time is it going to change tomorrow who knows uh you know could could you know could he die putin you know it's possible what happens then i mean there's there's all kinds of 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 things that potentially could happen but the reality is at this moment it's ugly and it doesn't look to get better anytime soon and potentially could get worse so we got that going for us but it's a Friday. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. PresidentialElectionProject.com. Go there. Get Sign up. Get all of the, the newsletters and the updates that are going out on a daily basis on what they're trying to do. They're in Washington. They're fighting a good fight, which is going in there. And, and I love the fact that they're doing this. They want to go in and say, hey, look, you guys, this 1887 Electoral College Act, we need to put some stuff in here that says the vice president, especially after we've seen yesterday all the stuff going on with Pence, uh, that position in this situation is nothing more than ceremonial. Nothing is. They want to say, hey, look, we need reform. Their goal is to clearly identify the issues that are in this thing, to reform those things. And so we know the vice president. His uh, or her position is only ceremonial in that moment. Ambiguities should be clarified. The role of the VP is to do what? This is it. It's no more than ceremonial because the states are going to do their jobs. Congress then should respect each one of those states. That's what they're there to do. 
Go to Presidential Election Project now. Sign up, get updates, learn more about how this very important procedural ceremony and what steps Congress could take to reform and clarify your electoral process. I urge you today, go visit them, presidentialelectionproject.com, presidentialelectionproject.com. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. In Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear Mission Law. Captain America star Chris Evans takes over the voice of Buzz Lightyear, a toy in the Toy Story movies, now a real space ranger. Evans telling me Buzz and Cap share a lot of heroic qualities. A uh, sense of duty and responsibility, morality, uh, dedication, focus. They're both larger-than-life heroes, but who would win in a fight? Well, I gotta go with Cap. You know, I mean, I, I, I've been with that character for a long time. It's where my allegiance lies. And he also has superpowers. Lightyear is in theaters this weekend. Yeah, that should do quite well because, uh, uh, well, kids like movies and parents take them. And usually kids' movies are 90 minutes, maybe. Well, what's that mean? Well, when you've got a, other movies, regular movies, adult movies, movies that kids, they're usually, you know, sometimes two hours, two, 220. You can get more viewings in. So who will win this weekend, the Dino or Buzz Lightyear? That's a good question because it's summertime. Kids are out of school. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And I bet Maverick has another good week. It feels like the summer when you were a kid and the movies were opening up. You're like, wow, this is great. Movies are opening up. It's so awesome. So uh, I'm excited, uh, you know, because Jack's coming out and we're going to go see movies. I, I, because I've only been to one movie since uh, COVID hit. Because I used to go every Thursday night. That was my jam. And, uh, Man, it's weird because I, I mean, that was my thing. Thursday nights, I'd go, I'd stay in town. I'd go and I'd call my wife and laugh. I got a hot dog, got my popcorn, my drink. I'm sitting here watching a movie and she'd laugh. And, but no, no, it's, it's sad, 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 sad shit, sad shit. Summer is here. How are you going to be spending it? Well, traveling is going to be very interesting. I've had more people complain about traveling in the last few days than I can remember. And while tickets are cheap for flying, and a lot of people, regardless of recession, regardless of, it's been two years of not doing anything, and because of that, they're going on something. Like, if this is their last hurrah for two years or three years again, they're doing it. On Thursday, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg called a virtual meeting with airline CEOs pushing for details on how they plan to keep their summer schedules on track. Still, some worry there could be a repeat of the travel troubles around Memorial Day after nearly 9,000 flights were canceled or delayed over that holiday weekend. The lines are getting longer and longer and longer, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm glad everybody's traveling, you know, with COVID and everything. We're, we're back, but uh, now we need to catch up. Yeah. And they're not. They've got a shortage of pilots. I saw yesterday, Producer Phil, answer me this question. She's 18 and she's got a commercial pilot's license. Are you getting on that plane? Sure. Okay, there you go. 
braver man than me. By the way, 18-year-old man, 18-year-old woman. Oh, wait, they're not 18. You may be an adult by law, but you're still 18. <laughs> I don't like getting in a car with an 18-year-old. But they've got the license. I get it. 323-538-2423 at check. Am I an ages? Is that different? Right? 25. But if she's like, hold on, guys. I know the plane's having rough times, but I'm gramming right now. Such a jerk, Chad. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. We're in a recession. You heard it here first. Usually don't know if there's a recession until you're, you know, it's like, uh, I watched this uh, movie. It's actually a fun movie. It's Kevin Klein and uh, uh, Meg Ryan. It's called French Kiss. Right? It came out like in the 90s. A lot of these kind of movies. Romantic comedy was a big thing. And she was terrified to fly, and C. Thomas Howe was her was her fiance, and he had moved over to he he went to Europe for a big dentist convention, fell in love, and and uh, she was going to fly over and try to save it, and she's terrified to fly, and Kevin Klein sits down next to her, right, and he they kind of argue, and then they talk, and they get this impassionate talk about all kinds of stuff, you know, because he's like this French guy, he's a thief, and he's like, oh, and oh, yeah, <laughs> And I'm sure he's culturally appropriating, but still, uh, it was just a very interesting thing the way that a lot of this stuff went down. And and the thing that made me laugh about it is 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 the fact that she was, but her mind was off of it, focusing on other things. By the time that she realized that they were have taken off, she was like, "Oh, it's kind of the way I feel about this right now. I, we're in a recession." Well, how do you know? Well. I don't feel that we have grown in the second quarter. I feel we've lost. If you, the definition of recession is two negative growth quarters. Well, our first quarter was negative. This quarter, I have feeling, is going to be negative as well. And because we're looking at so many other things, and as, you know, 2000, you know, when, when the Great Recession, the last one came, and hit everybody right across the face, it happened like that. But people were expecting some sort of quote-unquote bubble. But when it came, it was you knew, right? Because, hey, the house next to me is half built. And the guys just never showed up again. This is one of those ones where we're sitting there, and we're Meg Ryan, and this next to us, and we're going back and forth, and we realize, bing! <sighs> yeah, we're already in the air. It's already starting to happen. The question is, how bad will it be? get that's the big question could it get uglier yeah could it be as ugly as some people are predicting maybe could we have a soft landing that's a possibility one thing's for sure there's going to be as many people have talked about economists and let's not forget right 
during the COVID scare when everybody was freaking out. Now, I got to stay at home. You're going to get the COVID. You're going to die. And so everybody's go home, stay home. And the government's like, we're going to print all of this money. Everybody who was worth their weight in understanding economics going, all right, understanding the first one based on an absolute crazy situation. The second one, people were like, this is not a good idea. And the third one, which was Biden's big one, everybody looked around and said, this is an unmitigated disaster that isn't going to end well. And inflation, here. Supply chain issues, haven't fixed themselves. High price of everything, but just 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 alone. You know, you look at the the fuel consumption. Low interest rates forever and a day. There are issues upon issues upon issues, and it is going to, I think, be not the Great Recession we went through. You know, uh, low those many years ago. But it is going to be a recession that I think will be on a scale of 1 to 10, maybe a 5, right? Maybe a 5. It's not the Great Depression, and it's not the the chaos that was, you know, the, the housing crisis. But there are things that I think people just don't really understand how nasty this thing is going to get and we're we're and and what did i say for months hey employees if you're a good employee and you want a gig you go in right now where you can a get some stuff that other people aren't going to get uh and b and this is important be in a position that if things go south you're already in the door hmm you know, our economy is at a point where, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to take our medicine. If you just listen to what Jay Powell has said over the course of the last few months, he was all about soft landing. Then soft landing became softish landing, whatever that means. And then that became things are going to be painful, which insinuates kind of a hard landing, right? With the economy slowing, the Fed has a dual mandate, price stability and full employment, not propping up the stock market. And despite what a lot of people believe, not avoiding recessions either. Yeah, and I don't think you can at this point. The question, you know, and I, and I, I compare this like, so we're going to have an emergency landing. Now, there are several things that can happen. Is this an emergency landing because winds are a little bit bad, there's turbulence, we're going to land, uh, they're going to take a quick whip around the plane, everything's okay, check everything, maintenance crew comes out, looks, boom, thumbs up, fuel go, gone. Or is this hard landing, we've got some damage, it's going to take a while to fix, we've got to get the fuel here, which is now more expensive. Then we're going to take off. Or is this a, we've crashed, this plane's screwed, we're going to have to get a new plane, this is going to be a while. I think it's going to be more of the first, but we shall see. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's my Twitter. Tweet at us, text a program. A lot of stuff to get to. We're going to talk about Portland at the bottom of the hour because I want to talk about their insanity with their uh, drugs. And also just the... What's going on up there and what they tried to do?
and how it's a perfect example of how people get involved when it comes to hey you know we we're, we're going to do this you know we're going to these you know we're going to allow people to to essentially have you know drugs and we're not going to prosecute them because we've over prosecuted people and you know we're going to get into a little bit deeper but where where it came from and the idea and then how we as americans decided hey politics is going to get involved in some ways and how it got pulled off and how it's failed is just well it's just very american three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three let's hear from our president of these here united states of america i i, I just i wonder how he's doing and i spoke to the ceo of joanne stores wade is here wade stand up so everybody sees you here and by the way my sympathies to your the family of your f uh, uh your cfo who uh, un- dropped dead very unexpectedly. My best of their family. It's tough stuff. Yeah, he's very, very empathetic. <laughs> Sorry about the dude who kicked the bucket. Sucks. That's a that's a sucker right there is what that is. And that's just uh, just keeled over right there, huh? Just whoop. Woo! Uh, that was supposed to be his thing. He's like great at empathy. It didn't work well for him. It didn't on that one. It did not work well. It goes back to what a lot of people are saying. As David Axelrod says, this is a person who, if they win, will be closer to 90 at the end of their second term than 80. I think everybody is looking very closely now. When Biden does well, he does really well. That gun speech he gave, he was perfect. It was it was powerful. When he does badly, when he stumbles, you get nervous and you wonder, is it just a stutter? Is he tired or something else there? And so I think that people are just looking. I mean, honestly, I think I think a lot of Democrats are like, if if this guy's ready to go, we're behind him. But if he's not ready to go, I don't think that's true. And I'm telling you, the minute, first of all, for him to, for, I don't even know if he's going to last out his term. I know that sounds callous and mean, and I'm not trying to be mean. I want nothing bad to happen to the president of the United States, no matter who he or she is. That is that is ridiculous to think that uh i think the minute these elections are over and depending how bad it is and if we're in a situation where we really are in a recession and uh which i think we are and we're in a position where i sit around here and i look and i say okay uh six dollar gas inflation our standing in the world isn't great on your watch whether you want to admit it or not the russians made a move is it because they're Looking at you, going, you're weak. Talking to Mike Lyons. If you guys missed any of it, grab the podcast. Uh, he's our military analyst. He said, look, you know, China's probably looking at this right now going, yeah, this guy, he, he ain't ending for it. But the rumblings are going to get so loud after the midterms that he is just not fit enough to do this job. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three, at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter tweet at us, text the program. Like I said, grab that podcast. And when you're doing that, get yourself some Raycons. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad. When you do, you're going to save 15% right there. But they're the best earbuds around, my everyday earbuds. So I switch back and forth between – I've got my headphones here, uh, but then I'm doing a lot of editing. And sometimes I'll do 12 hours of editing throughout the day and night working on all this stuff, doing tons of voiceovers and everything, I have my 
Raycons over there, and I put them on, and I rarely know they're on. And what I love about them is the mode. So you get sound mode, right? Like my isolation mode. So when I'm doing tons of editing, I want to just focus, hyper-focus, isolation mode. I'll be playing golf tomorrow in the 105-degree heat because I'm insane, and I love it. I'm the only one out there. For me, I like to hear the ball being hit. I like a little bit of sound of nature. They have awareness mode. It's incredible. The fits are amazing. Great colors and styles to choose from. And 49,000 five-star reviews at a price, well, that crushes all the other premium brands. Right now, go to buyraycon.com slash chad. Save right there 15%. Buyraycon.com slash chad. Buyraycon.com slash chad. Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. A person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. No, 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 no. This is the Chad Benson Show. I say this all the time after I hear that. Karen is absolutely stupid. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? Hold on a second. I'm watching uh, Justin Thomas here. U.S. Open, which is trending, by the way. Good shot. Good shot there. Well done, JT. I've got him in my pool. I got a pool that's a Chad and Charlie pool and Chad and Jack pool. Uh, Jack goes, Dad, how am I doing? I said, Charlie's doing great. (laughs) So that's all you need to know. What is trending around the globes, the interwebs, the fun? Oh, man. Uh, number one trending thing yesterday on the Google was, uh, if you guys are aware of this, uh, last night the NBA uh, season came to an end. The Golden State Warriors beat the Celtics. They won game six in Baston last night. I watched the last minute and a half, and I'm like, that's all I needed to watch of the NBA season. <laughs> that was it. I don't think that's, uh, why, why? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what else is trending? U.S. Open golf. Uh, lots of good stuff. Lots of some other stuff that went on, too, yesterday. Heckles. Talk about that. Phil Mickelson, uh, in particular, he got a warm welcome, but there were several fans uh, and groups of fans who were following him and some of the other golfers, but Phil in particular, and saying things because they have, uh, you know, taken the money from the Saudis and went over to the, the other tour. Steph Curry crushed last night he is big time drake apparently uh is is trending because uh, he dropped a surprise album he did he did russia ukraine trending right now because uh, the russians are continuing to pound and today ukraine it was given kind of like probationary acceptance letter from the eu like what yeah uh, Project Veritas is trending because uh, people have been releasing 
some of the Elon Musk kind of all hands on deck because it looks like he is uh, now uh, in, 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 in. He's officially doing it. And he's also trending because there are some SpaceX employees who, by the way, are fired uh, who have demands. <laughs> like, that's, how's that work? You, you don't have a job, but you have demands? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's that's the way that works. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. A disgruntled employee has said something bad? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wait, wait. Somebody who used to work here. But then they said, hey, you are uh, no longer a part of this. We've asked you to leave. That person is 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 upset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. We're going to uh, get into the Portland nightmare that's going on. Station up there, at KXL. Uh, you guys know as much as anybody. Open-air drug market is what it really looks like. Hard drugs, overdose deaths, skyrocketing, uh, and homelessness. People just laying everywhere. And what was supposed to be, you know, we're going to be this super, you know, liberal kind of, you know, like like Europe, right? Because you know, they decriminalized in Portugal drugs. Look at them. Yeah, it's a much different thing. And how the people have used this and spun it is, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's not the same thing. It isn't. And why is that? It's not because, you know, decriminalization, if done right, I, I again, I don't care what you do, as long as you're not hurting anybody. The issue has been it's the people, when they decriminalized it, guess who was pretty much the only people doing anything? Yeah, exactly. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. Should Twitter, tweet at us, text the program, Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Uh, drugs are bad. I think we know that. Portland uh, is a hot mess because of their politics. It's a uh, it's a nightmare, you know, from the defunding the police to the you know insanity and you know, Wheeler and everybody. It's, 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 uh, Crazy every night. There's somebody's pissed off at something. Did you hear that so and so is really mean? So we should go out and protest. Oh. But uh, 16 months ago, ballot measure at 110 went into effect. Right? That's February of 2021. First state in the United States uh, to decriminalize possession of personal use of 
and this is personal use. So the amounts of personal use. So if it, we're not talking about like if you get caught with kilos, right? That's moving weight, kids. As the as the uh, people would say back in the day, uh, they're moving weight. No, no, no. We're talking about like it's personal use. You got enough to get yourself high. So we're talking about heroin, meth, LSD, oxycod, oxycodone. But since the measure passed, overdose deaths are through the roof. Almost 1,100 in 2021, 40% increase from 2020. And by the way, they expect to pass that this year. How something was intended and how it ends up is always a, I mean, that's the, the billion dollar question. Because, And I say billion dollar because usually it's billions of dollars that get flooded to these programs and government, you know, things that are supposed to be going on, these agencies, and they never are accountable. And the whole thing was, look, if we if we decriminalize this, we're not going to clog up our 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 jails. Did we over prosecute? Yeah. Go back to the 90s in particular, you know, crack was a big thing and the prosecutions, the amount of people that were who were addicts and who spent so much time in jail, uh, there were there was better ways. But crime was rampant. People were desperate. They wanted to do something. So Portland's like, let's do this, right? Like Portugal decriminalized. So the Portuguese have come over and they've looked and they said, this is not what we did. You guys are 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 allowing anything to go on anywhere. You guys are catering. To addicts. And nobody's getting help. But you guys did it. And you're enlightened because you're Portugal. Yeah, but in a place like Portland, where you've already got all the stuff, right? You've got the, the hippy-dippy stuff. you got all the, you know, hey, it's, you know, like it's, man, would you come here, peace and love? And we're going to firebomb somebody who's a conservative. All the, you you, you, you brought in the dregs of society, though, the runaways, the people who are already addicts. You're catering to them. You are not helping. This isn't helping anybody. It's not. Hell, I, I, I'll probably say this because my sister used to tell me the only time she wasn't high is when she was in jail. This isn't helping. You're not getting anybody off. You're, you're essentially helping people kill themselves. And as we all know, drugs aren't what they used to be. In a week that goes by that we don't hear a story about some kid who was at a high school party and they were playing pill roulette, and guess what? That wasn't the pill you thought it was. That was fentanyl. It's a mess. But the state gets involved. They wanted to establish and fund addiction recovery centers that would offer people aid instead of incarceration. And everybody's like, let's watch and see how this works because we could model it for our states. Well, if you're looking and you're watching, guess what? Model it like this. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not. We are not. Drug overdose deaths in the states exploded. Exploded. Out of the 1,885 people who received tickets for personal possession in the first year, of those, less than 1% actually called the hotline for the nonprofit operator Lines for Life. 
Earlier this month, those behind the schemes admitted they had underestimated the effort required to distribute $300 million in funds for the program and it only uh, spent $40 million. You know what it says to me? If you're listening in Portland, God bless you. Open up some hotline that's going to help people get off drugs because they're willing to give you a gank of cash and you don't even have to show them results because it's not their money. Steve Allen, Oregon's uh, behavioral health director. So clearly, if we were to do it over again, I would have asked for many more staff much quicker in the process. We were just under-resourced to be able to support the effort, underestimated the work that was involved in supporting something that looked like this, and partially we didn't fully understand it until we were in the middle of it. Redirecting millions of dollars in revenue from the state's legal marijuana industry to treatment, of which nobody's taking advantage of. Nobody. The addicts know there's treatment out there. If there wasn't this, they know there's treatment. And what do they say? They're going to get it when they want to get it. And for a lot of these people, they may never get it. And they're going to end up dying. So, $40 million has been distributed. $265 million has been set aside. Still hasn't been spent. Hundreds of providers which screen the needs of people who use drugs, offer care management, treatment housing, links, blah, 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 are waiting for those funds. Go grab it. I mean, it's, it's, somebody's getting paid. And what started out as something where they're like, hey, look, you know, like Portugal, some other countries have done it and they don't seem to have the kind of issues. The difference is, is, and this sounds wacky. But I'm going to say it. Do they have some issues somewhere? Of course. Every country in the world has some issues. They have very small issues comparatively. Especially compared to the West Coast of America when it comes to this. Because everybody seems to come to the West Coast of America because you're handing out free stuff. You're more interested in placating them rather than helping them because there is a drug and homeless complex that lives off this money and it it itself becomes more important than the end game which is helping people get off the streets and helping users i always like to go look at nonprofits. And you're like man that's nice you're a nonprofit, and you're pulling down 450 a year 600 grand a year wow that's great I'm I look, I got no problem with people making money. Zero. My issue is is usually when people make money, you should have to show some sort of results. And when it comes to government handing out free dollars, guess what they never, ever, ever seem to have to do? Show some sort of results. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, tweet, text. Elon Musk spoke about him earlier. Uh, free speech. How many times has have the media gotten it right? Well, I would say almost never. Not, not never, but almost never. In order for people to have trust in Twitter, I think it's extremely important that there be transparency. I think Twitter, in, in terms of like serious issues, can be a lot better in informing, informing people about uh, serious issues. Yeah. 
the media has gotten it wrong a lot. You know, one thing, look, the, uh, like Trump, hate Trump, whatever it is, and he did lie. 90% of his lies were just the dumbest lies of all time. Again, I go back to the fishing analogy. It's the greatest. You know, my book sold more books than any human being ever sold a book, bigger than the Bible, mostly. Yeah, I mean, like that's the the weird. Like my crowd was so huge. You know, the the uh, the just the you know I caught a fish, but it was a great white shark, and I caught it with my bare hands. Those things were stupid. But the big stuff. How many times have we heard it? He did this. He did that. How many times did so and so say this? How many times did such and such say this? The, the lies are were ridiculous, right? They were, and they missed a lot, because and and. Part of it is our fault because we have a need for expediency. We want it now. So I think in an absence of, of people having patience, which is real, what do we do? you got to be first. And anymore, it doesn't matter. And it goes back to there's very little repercussions for getting it wrong. And that's nuts. That is absolutely that we we can't have that. But that's what we have now. Can we talk uh, briefly about your political views? Well, my, my, my political views, I think, are moderate. I'm in favor of uh, of, of moderate politics, um, uh, allowing people who have relatively extreme views to um, get, you know, to express those views within, within the bounds of the law, free speech within within the context of the law. So, so I'm not definitely not suggesting that we. Just flout the law because we'll get shut down in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, these people asking him, you know, ah, you know, it, it, the Twitter people. Well, what are your views? Well, my views are free speech, and you know, my views are moderate. Right? Got some left views. Got some right views. That's nothing wrong with that. Moderate views doesn't mean you don't you don't have passion for issues, but. You're not insane. You don't take them to the extremes. Which is where a majority of the world lives. There's freedom of speech and freedom of reach. So I think people should be allowed to say, you know, pretty outrageous things that are within the bounds of the law, but it doesn't get amplified. It doesn't get, you know, a ton of reach. Um, um, I think an important goal for Twitter to try to include as, as much of the country, as much of the world as possible. The standard is much more than not offending people. The standard is should be that they're they're very entertained and informed. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Stop making sense. He's a jerk. He's a meanie. Whatever. <laughs> a year ago, people loved him, right on the left. Oh, I drive his car. It's totally awesome. He's amazing. He's incredible. He's gonna take us to take us beyond the moon. He's gonna save the planet. Blah blah. Now it's like he's mean because he doesn't like my side of the aisle. He didn't say that. In fact, he said he's been a lefty most of his life. He's just right now, it's not, it's not where he's at. Oh, mm. well, still, he's a meanie. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Tweet at us. Irma Stakes, kids, guys, gals, right? Everybody listening. This is it. Memories, yes. Memories for your stomach as well. Absolutely. Dads want steak package. Still got a little time to do it, but you got to do it fast. $99, limited time, 16 mouth-watering entrees, uh, smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped fillets, gourmet jumbo franks, air-chilled boneless chicken breast, amazing caramel apple tartlets, and eight free, free Omaha steak burgers. And Dad's going to love it. He doesn't want socks. Barbecuing with him, relaxing, talking, 
you know, like he used to do with grandpa. I mean, it's, it's, it's what I love doing. My, my uncle and I were talking about this the other day. Best times we used to have were after church on Sundays when grandpa would go to little carne, uh, carne, uh, uh, or whatever that was called, Mexican, uh, uh, like supermarket. And he'd get all this, uh, carnitas and, and stuff. And we'd go home after church and he would grill it up. And my dad and everybody there were having such a great time. Those are memories. And this is a great thing to do. 100% money back guarantee right now. Dad's Want Steak Package, omasteaks.com. You go right to the search bar, type in Benson, and you will get this package. 100% money back guarantee. Dad's Want Steaks Package, Omas Steaks. They're going to give you eight free burgers as well. Go to omasteaks.com. Type in Benson in the search bar. omasteaks.com. Benson in the search bar. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. What do you get when you combine balsamic vinegar and sparkling water into a beverage and tell folks... It tastes like a Coke. What you get... Oh, God! ...is a lot of this... (coughs) ...gagging and scrunched up faces... A California actress named Amanda Jones hatched the idea on TikTok saying she got it from her Pilates instructor. I did not think people would get so riled up over a fun drink. (sighs) Wow. Wait, hold on a second. I want to catch that last part. Jeannie Most, by the way, who probably has the coolest job in news because she never has to report on insanity. She gets to go around. But I love this part at the end, which is... I mean, guys, listen, listen to this. A California actress named Amanda Jones hatched the idea on TikTok saying she got it from her Pilates instructor. Wait a minute. There's a California actress that has a Pilates instructor. What are you talking about? That's not possible. By the way, there's also a song called Miss Amanda Jones. Some kind of wonderful soundtrack. If you guys want to grab that there. Uh, Does it taste like Coke? Was it the part about vinegar and sparkling water tasting just like Coke that got folks? Not a no, but a hell no. I don't know what y'all think Coke tastes like, but do not insult it like that again. I'm going to add more balsamic for my boyfriend. What is that? But Amanda, you're definitely not punking us, right? I'm definitely not punking you. She says she's been drinking it for two years. It does taste like Coke a little bit. So for some, it's more choke than Coke. But what the takeaway here is people are stupid. (laughs) It's the biggest takeaway in, in, in all of this is that you can go to the Internet and do this and be like, oh, yeah, I'll try that. I'll try that. I will. uh, I will. I will try that. I have I keep telling my uncle, I keep telling anybody who listen, it has never been easier ever, ever, ever in the history of time to 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 start a cult. <laughs> Just I think it would be easy. Uh I don't think it'd be very hard. 
I mean, you know, you go back and look at Colts in the past, man. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go look at a cult in the past, I'm talking about religious cults. I'm not talking about, you know, crazy political insanity. I'm talking about like, like cult, cult, like religious cults. If you go look back in the past, I mean, obviously Jim Jones is on, I mean, he's the, he's on the Mount Rushmore. I think you beat that. I really do. I think you, I, I think you go bigger. <laughs> go big or go home. People are texting. Miss the Band of Jones is the Rolling Stones song. I know, but in the movie, some kind of wonderful. I think it's the March Violets that do that song. Oh, my goodness, people. What is wrong with us? Oh, my God. Is that what I think it is? Is that balsamic vinegar? And my Falati structure says this really tastes like soda, which you shouldn't drink because soda's bad. Pop. They call it pop where you are, Phil. Is that what they call it, pop? No, that's a Midwest thing. That's a Midwest thing. Freaking people in the Midwest calling stuff pop. Guys having 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 dinner at lunch and supper. <laughs> Not having any electricity because Joe Biden decided to kill the coal industry and then people are pissed. That's okay because you're having supper. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. I kid, you guys know that. I love the Midwest. I do. I love the Midwest. Uh, the, the West Coast is, well, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's hot. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I'm going to say it. You guys get mad at me. We're in a recession. I feel like we are. Now, what is the definition of a recession? See, this is one of those uh, things where, you you know, you're like, okay, well, what do you mean by, like, recession? So the definition right is uh, a, and we're going by the textbook deck definition we're looking at a two periods being the quarters right so we had the first quarter which we were we were down right we, we there was no growth in fact we contracted so we we're contracting oh jeez contracting a second one back to back so two quarters back to back would mean recession so but a lot of times we don't it's not like the last recession right the great housing bubble you know, where it's like, hey, I'm an assistant manager at the, uh, at the, you know, the Piggly Wiggly. And, uh, uh, I make uh, $4 an hour. I'm obviously having fun with it. Uh, 
but I'd like to buy this $400,000 home. Uh, what's your income? Doesn't matter. Okay, cool. Here's 110% of your home value. Uh, but by the way, the third year, there's going to be a balloon payment where you're going to go up from paying a dollar a year uh, to to $5,000. Oh, my God, I couldn't afford it. That's not going to happen because that was like the next day. God, Niedermeyer, God. We're not going to be there. But there is no doubt in my mind that inflation, right, Interest rates going up, 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 up. Got some war issues. Got energy issues. We've had two years of bizarre, bizarro world, as my on-air partner from my local show says. We're in the upside down, where you know we're we're paying people to stay home. The the overprinting of money. I mean, we can go on and on by poor moves. And by the way, the Republicans, you're as guilty in the first batch of handing out crap as anybody else. All that being said, this this is this lands here with this president, and he has no idea what to do. This is a businessman, entrepreneur Mark Tepper, uh, talking about uh, a recession. And look, consensus seems to believe right now that there's less than a 50% chance of a recession, that it would be next year, that it would be short and shallow. I disagree with all those things. I think the recession is going to be longer and deeper than most people believe. I don't know about that. And I think it's going to be another bizarre situation. Because, so the last recession, you know, if your life was, if you were okay, I mean, I had a lot of, 80% of people's life didn't change. 10% of people's life, 15% went horrible in the last recession for several years. And 5%, eh, you know, they just, they're always seeming to do something. Making a little money, life's not bad, maybe growing within. A recession because you know the old saying if there's blood in the water there's money to be made that being said one thing we do know after looking back is upper middle class and the well-to-do they did okay in the last recession but the paycheck to paycheck and and the people who live below the 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 the, the paycheck to paycheck line the poverty line whatever you call it they struggled mightily even more so than i think people thought we have a weird world now, though, right? We've got people that are not working, but working. They're at home, but they kind of have a job. I think you're going to see, you know, even though there's, quote, unquote, two jobs for every unemployed person, the reality is that's going to shrink. And what was once the the power of the individual and the employee is going to now switch back to the employer because they're going to start tightening their belts because people aren't going to be spending money. What happens there? It's a good thing. As a business owner myself, when things get tight, the very first thing I'm going to do is take down the job posting. So that 11.5 number will start to come down, but the unemployment rate won't go up yet. Eventually, the unemployment rate will go up because the Fed has to combat inflation. They're going to have to deal with it incredibly harshly. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. Like I was saying, it, the... the this is a time now, if you're thinking about getting a gig, man, now I, I've been saying it for a long time, get in, find it. But I only want to do it, it makes my heart sing. Your heart's going to suck big time living with mom and dad again, who don't want you there, right? They don't care that you come by and you do some laundry, borrow a couple bucks now and then they don't want you moving in because your job is whatever it is that you were doing where you were chilling, hanging out with your friends, right? You know, 
going and checking the computer. That's now gone because that business says, I don't need to pay this person 60 grand to work at home. Not right now. Doesn't, doesn't need to happen. So we're going to have to figure this thing out because we're coming back from a, two years of, you know, start, stop, start, stop. You know, portions of the country were open. Other portions of the country that were important, like California, when it comes to getting supplies out, they were closed. It was, it's weird. And then you've got the other parts of the supply chain that we just can't, you know, we're not fixing China. We're not. Not at this moment in time. We're not fixing anything to do with China. Uh, so the supply chains are, are going to be start, stop for a while. There's all of this stuff going on. And then the vast amounts of cash that we hand out, which was huge. You know, our economy is at a point where, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to take our medicine. If you just listen to what Jay Powell has said over the course of the last few months, he was all about soft landing. Then soft landing became softish landing, whatever that means. And then that became things are going to be painful, which insinuates kind of a hard landing, right? With the economy slowing, the Fed has a dual mandate, price stability and full employment, not propping up the stock market. And despite what a lot of people believe, not avoiding recessions either. Yeah. So what are we going to have? I think we're going to have a medium. I think it's going to be bumpy on the way down. I think we're going to land. It's going to be shaky. I think we may have not too much damage, but we're definitely going to need somebody to fix some stuff. And then we're going to get off the ground. I don't think it's going to be tons of structural damage. And I don't think it's going to be we landed, we fooled up, and we took off again. So kind of that medium. And people are stressed. Number one thing uh, about winning the talent war, they're talking about this a great article, uh, Axios. Uh, percentage of U.S. employees who say they've experienced stress, 58%. During a lot of the previous day and worry, 48%. Why? Because what did we talk about yesterday? CEOs, their, their whole job now is, is, is as much about being a psychologist and as much as about being a, a, a counselor and a mentor than it is about leading the team from, you know, you, you're, you're dealing with everybody almost on an individual basis. So three stats for the new Gallup Workplace Report. 71% of Americans believe that this is a great time to look for a new job. Hmm. 58% are stressed at their current job, and 20% are likely to move to a new city within the next year. Almost to a person, I would bet that those are 35, maybe 40 and under, with maybe an early family if you will maybe one child younger maybe not even school age and uh or single yeah willingness to move to another city is higher for people under 40 and what is it it's com company culture well company culture uh because since the last recession now it's about your feelings. Well, when you start laying off groups of people, where they lay off almost 20%, you know, one of the big Bitcoin exchanges the other day, well, well, they're, they're shocked. Well, here's the thing. Culture can be great. You can love your job all you want. It can be amazing. At the end of the day, it is a job. And the job and the company that employ you, their job is to make money. Because without money, 
you can't be employed. But we're having so much fun. I tell my kids, I've, I've been using this last several months as, uh, you know, Jack and I talk about all the time. We talk about how expensive California is. We talk about the, the prices. We talk about, you know, Jack, the, this this politics here. And my son's probably going to be, he's very sensitive. He's probably going to be a little bit more to 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 the left. His mom's very progressive. Uh, and she's, she's great. But it, it's, you know, but she's also worked in nonprofits all of her life. So she, she doesn't walk around with pie in the sky. Like, everybody's really sweet. No, but... He and I have had lots of chats about this, about the ridiculousness of the price. And I've said, hey, if you move politics like California has to parts of the country where they have four seasons, this would disappear. And we've talked about why is gas so much more expensive, Dad, where I live? And I had to explain it to him. And he's like, oh, you know. And my, my stepdaughter, Lily, every night I come home, she's got questions for me about politics and, and, and the economy. She's very curious about this stuff. But I want the kids to know all the time about, look, you guys are blessed. I'm fortunate. You're blessed. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, you, you, guys, you guys are, and we need to be reminded of that. And, and, and we talk about, you know, uh, you don't need everything all the time. You don't need to do these. And these things, if you want these things, you can work for these things. And it's funny because a couple of them were working for some like new games and stuff, and I threw on an inflation tax. But if you did this last time, you gave me five bucks. Well, it's gotten a little bit more expensive now, so you only get four dollars. But I did the same amount of work. Mm, I understand. Uh, times are tight. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show, and we also do something. I do it around here too, and I even do it to myself every once in a while. This guy sent me this thing. He is he was like a church friend, and, and they had gone to like Project Africa, and they'd gone to Africa and stuff. And and it's a video. And whenever my kids are whiny and gripey about whatever the hell they're, they're oh, life's not fair, I I show it to him. I do it to my buddy Pablo here too, because he can sometimes be. Bleh. I'm like, all right, Pablo. And he goes, all right. We call him Stumpy. I don't know what his name is. I don't think it's Stumpy. He has no arms, and his job is to break rocks in the hot sun in africa and he does it by lifting a sledgehammer up using his chin neck and shoulder hoisting it in the air and then dropping it down and then going through the whole thing again where he kicks it up on his foot and does it. that's his gig so when you think oh life sucks and i can't afford that you know caramel macchiato whatever or things are getting a little tight Oh, my Cheerios aren't as cheery as they used to be. Remember, somebody else's Cheerios don't exist. 323 538 Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Somebody goes, Chad, works for my dog. Do you think if I sprinkled a little bit on my, <laughs> my food, it helped me? I'm like, I don't think it works that way. You can go to roughgreens.com and find out what this amazing supplement is. Spring it on top of your dog's food. Dr. Dennis Black put it together. It's truly amazing. It's been a godsend for my dog, Doodle, who is older and is happier and is thriving. And, and I love it. It's got vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. And, and, and Dr. wanted to make sure that, look, I want to get this to as many people as possible. That's why he wants you to try it for free. 
It's going to send you a bag for free. It's a two-week jump start. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. It is that simple. How do you get it? RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. You cover the cost of shipping. Dr. Dennis Black and the great people at Rough Greens are going to send it to you. Don't change anything. Sprinkle your this on top of your dog's food. Watch what happens. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. This is the Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. North Texas communities that normally compete with each other for corporate relocations banded together to pitch FIFA, soccer's governing body. The payoff? We have Dallas. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is now learning the difference between football and football. The longer I'm in sport, the more I realize just how meaningful soccer is to this world. His AT&T Stadium will host some of the World Cup matches four years from now. All right, my prediction is... Because the grand finale has not been chosen. The grand finale has not yet been chosen. So we've got the World Cup coming in Qatar, which will be later on this year. Normally the World Cup would be going on right this second. Uh, and just getting underway. But because it's 4,000 degrees in Qatar, uh, it has to be moved to, you know, as they're trying to expand the games throughout the Middle East, it has to be moved to... Uh, I guess it starts right around Thanksgiving. So right Thanksgiving-ish. So they announced the, the, the next World Cup is 2026. Well, that is us. We are hosting it, co-hosting. It's called United. And then it's going to be Canada and Mexico and us. So they announced the places where the games will be played yesterday. A bunch of stadiums, a bunch of cities across the country bid. So, New York, New Jersey, MetLife, uh, Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. And, and if all these stadiums, you think, well, that's, they're going to tear out all of the, well, not tear it up, they're going to remove all of the AstroTurf or whatever the stuff is, and it will all be grass because they play on real grass because that's the way you should play sports. Uh, San Francisco, Bay Area, Levi Stadium, Miami, Hard Rock, Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz. Yes, they're going to have grass inside. Uh, Seattle, Lumen Field. Houston NRG, Philadelphia Lincoln Financial, Kansas City uh, will have it at Arrowhead Stadium, and Baston at Gillette Stadium. Now, Mexico has three. They have Estadio Akron, Estadio BBVA Bancomer, and Mexico City's Estadio Azteca. And Toronto got BMO Field and Vancouver's BC Place. So uh, I have a feeling the way it's going to work out is some quarterfinal games will be played in Canada and Mexico. Maybe the semifinals will be played in Mexico and Canada, but for sure the final will be here. And it's probably, if I had to lay money at it, it's hard to look at SoFi Stadium and say you're not getting it. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. As the world comes together, two parts of the world are still fighting. Mike Lyons. Military analyst is going to join us, talk about the latest going on in the Ukraine. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show.
Hansen Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Well, we are paying attention to a lot of things uh, right now. Let's be real. Ukraine isn't really one of them. It has nothing to do with whether or not we care or don't care. Uh, and even in the point where we don't even have, like, somebody's, oh, we've got the attention span of a gnat. Yes, we absolutely do. But the reality is stuff is going on over there. And the war continues. Joining us now is Mike Lyons. He's our military analyst. Been joining the program since before this thing started. Retired major from the army. And Mike, I'm. It is. Uh, people have no idea. They they. It's now a. It's a war that is ugly, and it's a war that the Ukrainians right now are paying a heavy price for. They had the upper hand. They had the surprise. They had the world backing. Uh, and right now, they're just. Well, it, it feels like the tides have turned. Yeah, I, I still think if you look at this now very rationally, here it is, you know, over 100 days in, into the war. So at, at the very worst, right, Russia comes out of this. They're going to likely occupy large parts of what's a resource and agricultural rich eastern Ukraine, uh, have more territory than just Crimea. They're going to have Mariupol. Uh, Severodonetsk is now virtually gone. That's a big chemical town that, that existed there. And and owns 90% of the Azov coast and, and uh, inside the Black Sea, the same as well. And all within 100 days. Now, it's been a tremendous cost. They've, they've lost men and material and equipment and, and the like. But um, from their perspective, they've accomplished a lot. Now, they didn't accomplish the whole thing. They didn't get the whole country like they thought it was going to. But if it stopped tomorrow, which I think Western leaders still want to deep down have Ukraine agree to some kind of a ceasefire there, although they met yesterday. If you saw those pictures, they were interesting. So so really, um, from Russia's perspective, and it's hard for us to fathom that, but they think that they've still won this. They think that they're winning. They've put themselves in a position where they could try it again, maybe in five to 10 years as they try to rearm and re regroup themselves in order to. To, to fight against. So it's a hard pill to swallow. And um, we're, we're kind of managing the decline there in that region. But but Russia is clearly has the upper hand in the Donbass and, and they're going to end up keeping it once this is over. Uh, speaking of interesting, you said it was interesting yesterday. You had Macron and several other muckety mucks uh, European leaders that were there. They were in Kiev and a couple other places. Of course, today the EU says uh, kind of uh, a semi welcome to the club. What does that do? Does that play any part in this? Because I'm sure, uh, you know, Putin's not thrilled by them getting closer to the West. Well, I, you know, you, you look at the, the body language and, and what was how those meetings went. You, you have all these you know, Western leaders showing up in their business suits and the like. And here's uh, Zelensky and his you know, combat fatigues. And he, he was trying to show them what was really going on. I still think Macron and a lot of those Western leaders are in denial. They want everything to go back to February 23rd. They want to start buying Russian oil and gas again. You know, this is all, you know, kind of one big appeasement drill that's taking place. They said all the right things that are there. Um, I, I don't think Putin looks at it as, you know, he's not happy or whatever. He doesn't he doesn't act at, at transactionally and he doesn't look at it. He's got his own agenda. It's what he's trying to do. 
and right now the price of Russian gas and oil is actually through the roof and, and it's funding whatever war machine he wants to keep throwing at it. They, let, let's, let's again be clear. They outnumber, outgun Ukraine uh, right now, six, seven, eight to one in, in that region where they're fighting. Um, and and what, what Zelensky's asked for, if you kind of do the math on the level of equipment he's asked for, I mean, he's asked for an army, uh, you know, the amount of artillery tubes and, and all of the things that would go, it, it would be a U.S. Army, you know, multiple divisions, multiple corps, multiple types of, of equipment that uh, is really just a logistical challenge to try to get to him at this point. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, retired uh, major from the Army, as we talk about what's going on over in uh, the eastern part of Europe as they uh, continue to to fight uh, and, and, and the war rages on. Like you and I were talking earlier, you know, we're joking about everybody's got a number. We're talking about the golf tour and stuff. Uh, the reality is, is I think the same is for everybody who's supporting the Ukrainians. Everybody's got a number in their head. This can't last for right. 10 years with us spending billions of dollars a year propping right. you guys up. Uh, you're yeah. going to have to figure out what your number is and what you're willing to give up, Zelensky, so we can put this thing to bed. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you know, part of that number calculation is uh, Turkey's number in order to admit Sweden and Finland to NATO when this is over as well. And um, that number is monetary in some cases. It's days, weeks, and months and others. But uh, I, I do believe there's going to be great pressure. But I still think that Russia, it, it will make the mistake by stopping or looking for some pause or try to make some claim for peace negotiations because then the West will fall for that and it'll put pressure on, on Zelensky. Now, um, the, the U.S. number that, that we've provided Ukraine Ukraine is somewhat staggering. Again, when you think about all the money that we provided in the Middle East in the past 20 years, uh, all that money that went to the Middle East in the past 20 years with zero real results to Afghanistan, Iraq, zero, right? So as I'm saying, Russia on their side, you know, put material, put men, put blood on the, on the line, and they've still accomplished, accomplished a lot. Anyway, I, I think that, um, you know, if, 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 if Putin blinks and decides he wants some kind of peace negotiation here and pauses for a little bit, I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Zelensky. I, I still don't think he will. You look at Russian media, they're saying that they're ready for this big colossal war. Now, and if he goes there, if NATO gets involved, if one of the tripwire countries, you know, gets attacked, if we have a Gulf of Tonkin incident where somehow, you know, the Russians decide to invade and do something against Poland or, or a NATO country, then it's going to be over because NATO now outguns Russia 10 to 1 on the other side. So that, that's the only upside to this. That's one way to end this military is if NATO gets involved and then we take it from there. Talking to Mike Lyons, a uh, military analyst, we talk about what's going on over there. Russia is the food thing, I'm telling I don't think people realize. I mean, maybe not so much here. I mean, we'll feel it a little bit, uh, but because we have so many farms and because farmers can, well, they can farm in many cases in America. Welcome to the world where we pay farmers not to farm, which is odd, but understandable, uh, uh, you know, financially, I guess. Uh, the fact is, though, they're the breadbasket, not just of Europe, but a lot of other places, and they're weaponizing Oil and gas, obviously, especially with Italy yesterday, and again with food. And it is, I feel like this is going to have a huge blowback that people aren't going to understand for, because there's that kind of, there's a certain latency when it comes to, to issues like this. It's not immediate. Yeah, I, I do think that you're right with that, and it'll be a lag effect in, in overall, more or less to the rest of the world of Africa, the Middle East. 
Um, but again, Russia doesn't care. And it's, it's uh, you know, the, this is a very regional conflict still as well. And until it actually spills off and, and actually affects those other countries. And, and w- w- as long as India and China and some of these other countries continue to support Russia, buy Russian fuel and everything, the, the world's now divided into uh, what, I, what I would thought was before two, two poles, but it's really three. It's, it's going to be two groups of haves and it's the East and the West. And then a significant third world have nots, which is going to really suffer throughout uh, the rest of this campaign. So what's going on in Russia? I mean, you know, the it, it, again, the reports are they're doing great. You know, you hear the, their TV, but the sense on the ground uh, for the average, average person, because, yeah, you know what? Like, well, you're feeling good about this now. Is there a number for them where they say, all right, you know, we've lost 200,000 young men. We, we, we can't keep. You know, if he goes into his third and fourth, you know, conscription, is that where people there start to make noise because they're watching their kids and their husbands uh, and their sons, you know, go off and die? See, I, I don't think that's the case, Chad. I don't I think that uh, we and I do this, too. We project what our value set would be onto Russia. And I just they just proven over and over. We just can't can't do that. That second conscription group can show up in Ukraine in August or so after four or five months of training, and they'll just be thrown right into the grinder uh, at that point. Uh, we've, we've got Russian casualties, you know, in excess 30, 40,000 in some cases, a high number of officers that have been killed, general officers in particular. And that, frankly, is the Western intelligence that we're giving them. And, and the fact that they can time that intelligence to a weapon system on the ground pretty quick. So that's kind of why that's happening for sure. But I, I just don't see it. And, and this is a battle of a country with 160 million people of their 18 to 25 year olds versus a country with 40 million people uh, with their 18 to 24 year olds. And, and the, the 160 million people have got four times the amount of one other country. So they've got four times the amount of men to throw at it, four times the amount of material and probably 10 times the amount of artillery weapons to throw at it. And that's that's Russia's calculus. That's their number. That's what that's what they get up every day and think. What's going on with China? Uh, I know they got some new high-tech carrier. They've got some, you know, they're 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 making moves that are making people uncomfortable, which is not mm-hmm. new. Uh, is there, you know, are they looking now and saying, well, maybe Russia's got the right idea? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And there's an article in the, in the Washington Post the other day about they're getting to this tipping point um, because, again, numbers. If we talk about numbers again, the, the Chinese Navy 600 ships, our Navy barely 300. We're decommissioning some ships. You know, our, we project power with our aircraft carriers of which we have 11. They still only have one. Um, but they have these missile bases and they've got land to air and land to sea type missile weapon systems now that they feel will be a... Uh, a deterrent against any kind of U.S. projecting power in that spot. And um, I think, you know, they, they've always had strategic patience. They've always been a country that waits things out. But I, I think that they looked at what happened to Russia and they looked at Joe Biden and and, and, and Putin said, this is it. This is the time to go. And and perhaps um, China will do the same because us, like when Joe Biden said, we're going to defend Taiwan, I just can shake my head. Please explain to me how we're going to do that. It's an island right off the coast of China. If China wants to surround it, invade it um it'll be again it'll be an urban fight but we're not landing troops there you know w- w- unless we put one marine there on on the, on the island and say if you kill him then we're going to go to war with you and, and that's something that we're not going to do either but china is at a tipping point of them 
almost taking over some of these places and some of the areas in the South China Sea, some of those shipping lanes that are going to really threaten. It's going to take another NATO in the Pacific, right, with Australia, Japan, South Korea, and the U.S. in order to combat that. We could be, we could be fighting a two-front war here in the next few years. It's kind of crazy to think, but that's possible. Oh, God, what a nightmare. It's always good to talk to you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're honest, though, and that's the thing that we want. Thank God we got Canada next to us because we know they'll protect us from anything. Mike Lyons, yeah. uh, our, our military analyst. I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It's, uh, look, it's, it's frustrating, but the reality is this is where we are at this moment in time. Is it going to change tomorrow? Who knows? Uh, you know, could, could, you know, could he die Putin, you know, it's possible what happens then? I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, of, of things that potentially could happen, but the reality is at this moment, it's ugly and it doesn't look to get better anytime soon and potentially could get worse. So we got that going for us, but it's a Friday three, two, three, five, three, eight, 24, 23 at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us calibrate losing weight. Absolutely. Great with calibrate. What is calibrate? Well, it's the best way to lose weight. And I'll be honest. It's, it's, it's easy, right? We, you don't want to say that, but it's it. Part of it is changing your lifestyle, obviously eating better, eating less calories in calories out. But the other part is sometimes even when we've done that, even when you've worked out, even when you've done all the things, right, nothing really happens and you get frustrated. It's because your metabolism, metabolism 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 you're fighting nature stop fighting nature let calibrate help with that what it is is fda approved medication along with lifestyle changes and calibrates one-on-one coaching is going to work with that with you on top of that you're going to have uh video uh uh meetings with doctor to make sure that everything is going well and it's an fda approved medication this is not a clinic this is not one of those places where the labs fda approved no this is fda approved medication and you watch what happens. Fits into anybody's lifestyle and average calibrates earliest members lost about 20 plus percent of their body weight. So the, that that's body weight, not pounds. Think about that for a second. Would you like to be 20% lighter than you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Go to joincalibrate.com right now. Use code Chad. You're going to get a $1, I mean, get a $50 off a one-year metabolic reset. So it's joincalibrate.com joincalibrate.com use code chad joincalibrate.com code chad for $50 off a one year metabolic reset chad benson show No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh, my gosh. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. In Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear Mission Log. Captain America star Chris Evans takes over the voice of Buzz Lightyear, a toy in the Toy Story movies, now a real space ranger. Evans telling me Buzz and Cap share a lot of heroic qualities. A uh, sense of duty and responsibility, morality, uh, dedication, focus. They're both larger-than-life heroes, but who would win in a fight? Well, I gotta go with Cap. You know, I mean, I, I, I've been with that character for a long time. It's where my allegiance lies. And he also has superpowers. Lightyear is in theaters this weekend. 
Yeah, that should do quite well because, uh, uh, well, kids like movies and parents take them. And usually kids' movies are 90 minutes, maybe. Well, what's that mean? Well, when you've got a, other movies, regular movies, adult movies, movies that kids, they're usually, you know, sometimes two hours, two, 220. You can get more viewings in. So who will win this weekend, the dino or Buzz Lightyear? That's a good question because it's summertime. Kids are out of school. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And I bet Maverick has another good week. It feels like the summer when you were a kid and the movies were opening up. You're like, wow, this is great. Movies are opening up. It's so awesome. So uh, I'm excited, uh, you know, because Jack's coming out and we're going to go see movies. I, because I, I've only been to one movie since uh, COVID hit. Because I used to go every Thursday night. That was my jam. And, uh, Man, it's weird because I, I mean, that was my thing. Thursday nights, I'd go, I'd stay in town. I'd go and I'd call my wife and laugh. I got a hot dog, I got my popcorn, my drink. I'm sitting here watching a movie and she'd laugh. And, but no, no, that's, it's sad, 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 sad shit, sad shit. Summer is here. How are you going to be spending it? Well, traveling is going to be very interesting. I've had more people complain about traveling in the last few days than I can remember. And while tickets are cheap for flying, and a lot of people, regardless of recession, regardless of, it's been two years of not doing anything, and because of that, they're going on something. Like, if this is their last hurrah for two years or three years again, they're doing it. On Thursday, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg called a virtual meeting with airline CEOs pushing for details on how they plan to keep their summer schedules on track. Still, some worry there could be a repeat of the travel troubles around Memorial Day after nearly 9,000 flights were canceled or delayed over that holiday weekend. The lines are getting longer and longer and longer, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm glad everybody's traveling, you know, with COVID and everything. We're, we're back, but uh, now we need to catch up. Yeah. And they're not. They've got a shortage of pilots. I saw yesterday, Producer Phil, answer me this question. She's 18 and she's got a commercial pilot's license. Are you getting on that plane? Sure. Okay, there you go. Braver man than me. By the way, 18-year-old man? 18-year-old woman? Oh, wait, they're not 18. You may be an adult by law. You're still 18. (laughs) I don't like getting in a car with an 18-year-old. But they've got the license. I get it. 323-538-2423 at check. Am I in ages? Is that different? Right? 25. But if she's like, hold on, guys. I know the plane's having rough times, but I'm gramming right now. Such a jerk, Chad. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.